Welcome to Through the Ringer. I'm your host, Tate Frazier, and I am very happy to be joined by the great cousin Sal in studio here in Los Angeles. It is late on Monday night after Monday Night Football, and uh, we're here to break down all things Monday Night Football. And uh, later, we're going to have John Jastrzemski come on and talk about the d- disastrous state of New York sports, but we'll get to that later. First and foremost, Sal, <laughs> great to be in studio with you. I love this, Tate. You're running on fumes. You got just got back from Italy. It's, la- it's even later for you. We just wiped the cannoli cream off right. your eyebrows. I, I don't know where I am. I don't know what I'm doing, but I do know one thing. The New York Jets just won a football game. So yeah. that is uh, good news for all the Jets fans that went out to Meadowlands. Uh, they were trying to have a moment in the sun, and they've got one with a ridiculous punt return in overtime. Let's start there, Sal. I mean, how crazy was this game? We can talk about Rodgers. That's the big peg. But first and foremost, this result in overtime, insane. I couldn't believe it. As soon as Rodgers went out, I looked at the line. I'm like, okay, the live line is five and a half. That should be it. The team should be demoralized. The crowd should be demoralized. <laughs> should be over. That was not the case at all, Tate. First of all, the, the Jets' defense or the crowd, I'm not sure where to give more kudos <laughs> because that crowd, there was a lull when Rodgers went down for about a minute, and then they were just fired up for the rest of the three hours throughout, and that defense swarmed, and it was just enough to put out the Bills, who couldn't score in the second half. It was a great job, all-around effort by the Jets. It felt inevitable when Rodgers went down, and we can talk about that specifically. Rodgers, four plays in this game, four snaps. He goes down awkwardly. Um, when it happened, we were watching in the theater there, and uh, which is insane to say, but when it happened live, he looked at the sideline, and I was like, that was a very strange thing for him to do, to look over with such you know kind of bewilderment. Then he stood up, and he just decided to sit down, waves everyone out. He gets on the cart. He's in a boot. Um, you know, Joe Buck is reeling at this point, trying to figure it out. So um, that happens, and now we're all just trying to pick up the pieces. But this was the whole storyline. This is all hard knocks. Aaron Rodgers trying to become, you know, Broadway Joe and win a Super Bowl for the city, yeah. and it was over in a snap. Have you ever seen anything like that? No, I don't think so. I mean, honestly, it was he didn't last as long as the hard knocks opening, to be <laughs> right, honest, when you right. think about it. But, yeah, and you called it first. You're like, oh, no, this is not good. And then, mm. then he sounds like, oh, Tate, he's jet lagged. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know what he's looking at. And then Rodgers went out and was like, oh boy, this is, this is, I, how do you even, now there is a clause in his contract. The Packers don't get the pick if he doesn't play 70% of the snaps. Mm. So I'm like, oh, maybe he's just trying to screw them over. But no, it does seem like it's a real <laughs> Achilles injury. And then you put Zach Wilson in there, a flash of brilliance for, for a minute. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh no, they're going to have to run to win this game. Big turnover by the Bills. And big that's been the story for Josh Allen, right? I like repeating right. that he had more turnovers than Dak Prescott last year because Dak had more interceptions, but more turnovers for Josh Allen. And it just seems to continue. Yeah, three interceptions in this game and then four turnovers in general because he had a fumble as well. And, um, you know, let's talk about some of the moments in this game because the first moment was Josh Allen throwing a touchdown. Mm -hmm. It was very close to him getting past the line of scrimmage, but it was right on the line. He gets it off. He gets a touchdown. Felt like, okay, smooth sailing. This Bills team, this is who we expect them to be, right? They're going to get things rolling. They don't have to deal with Aaron Rodgers now. It should be, you know, cruising to a victory. They go to halftime. It should be okay. But then from there, like you said, Josh Allen was absolutely destroyed by this Jets defense, looked out of sorts. Um, people are upset. They're blaming a Haley Steinfeld, his girlfriend, right? I mean, everyone's pointing the fingers at everyone I blame else. her, too. I, <laughs> I, think I, she's I, the I didn't one. see her do much. It tonight. felt very yeah. Jessica Simpson-esque, you know, yes. with our guy Tony Romo. I didn't like the implication <laughs> there. But it, it, what did we see from Josh Allen, and how do we expect him to kind of course correct? Because like you said, he has been prone for turnovers in the past. I don't know what it is with him. I really mm. don't. And, you know, Stefan 
Stephon Diggs has become like a possession receiver now. He brought them back into it. He also had a push off, which was big towards the end. Right. But on they Sauce ended Gardner. up getting that crazy field goal at the end of regulation. Also, the Jets' fault. The Jets, after that last turnover, the fumble, ran the ball 10 times for 23 <laughs> yards. Now, I get it. You want to keep it out of Zach Wilson's hand, but they really did play for the three point lead, and it almost bit him in the there and uh, can we say that? I don't know if we. Can I say think it. we could say they that, say that yeah. in Italy, or they'll bleep it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. they were saying in Italy. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. Uh, so then I don't, <laughs> just I don't smile know. and laugh. And then they go down the field and they kick that field goal and uh, three and out, and then the the punt return for a touchdown. It's just I don't know. It had the it had the feeling of the you know obviously this was on nine eleven and then the quarterback goes out. It's like oh my god, how sad for New York. And then the comeback and the crowd enthusiasm and it reminded me a little bit of the Katrina game in New Orleans and mm. really just like. New York came together, and I don't want to wax poetic about it, but there's some special feeling about that game and that ending. Especially with, you know, all, you know, with Fireman Ed, right? He was such a famous Jets yeah. fan, and they had the NYFD hats on the sideline, and Salah's reaction was insane, and it kind of felt like if, if you believe in the football god, so to speak, the Jets did a lot in that game where you're saying they don't really deserve to win this game. Right. The Bills had that drive late. We saw Diggs go over to Allen, and they had a nice little moment. Then they go down, get a field goal, so it felt like, Okay, the Bills are going to survive this game. They'll move on. We'll forget about it in a while. But they don't because the Jets had this miraculous punt return. Mm -hmm. And now Josh Allen is 0-5 in overtime. Do we read into that You know, at any level? And if moving forward, should we hammer the line whenever he does go to overtime yeah. and to whoever he's playing? Yeah, I think you do hammer the line. I mean, who am I to tell? I, I gave out I'm like, oh, my God, minus 5.5 <laughs> is a guaranteed winner if you like the right. Bills right now. <laughs> and uh, they didn't even come close to that. In fact, they were 11.5 points off from that. That is uh, the world that we're living in. It, sometimes it's insane. Uh, I want to talk about some of the gambling implications from this game. Oh, I don't. I'd st rather stay away from that. If you <laughs> should, no, we, no. should we stay away <laughs> from the Bills moving forward? I mean, I think that is a team that last year they struggled against the spread. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they've kind of just been one of those teams that found a way to win, but it's never convincingly. And then yet again in this one, a game that, that you should win on paper if Aaron Rodgers only plays four snaps, they come away with an L. Yeah, so I didn't like them. I liked them in the regular season. Right, I had them pick them to win the division, and I had the Jets to make the playoffs. But I think once it gets down to the final four, I thought Josh Allen is, um, uh, you know, inferior to the Joe Burrows and to the Patrick Mahomes, and kind of ends up where he usually typically ends up. So, but right now, if you want them for the division, I don't know. No one really looks better than the Dolphins, who came into this week as a three to one third underdog to win this division however you want to say that and now mm. it's really really tight up top and without Rodgers knowing his availability it doesn't look good with the Achilles um, you know that might be the team to beat right now yeah and then on the flip side of that we have you know the Jets so now Zach Wilson's the quarterback for the foreseeable future for this team they have five primetime games so we're going to be seeing a whole lot of Zach wow. Wilson I mean how do we try to handicap this Jets team when we obviously saw the faith that they have in Zach Wilson, which is basically not much, give the ball to the running backs in, right. in prime time. Well, the one good thing is, you know, when you when you throw a guy in like that, he didn't take the first snaps, the you know, first reps all week, so they could game plan plan around him, right? Robert Sala though must look up. He's like, oh my god, I have Zach Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. My That's goodness, what I got now. This yeah, is not, this is not fun. This is not what I bargained. It for. It's the opposite of lethal weapon. Right. This is uh, we're just trying to keep things on the rails here. And I saw those two guys talking to each other um, on the side sidelines late in the game and I think that's when it really hit me yeah. um maybe even Jason Garrett might be better over there uh, but you let's know, not be crazy okay I don't yeah. want to yeah, yeah. we won't take it Come too on. far but uh let's do something fun here because this is something that we want to do moving forward yeah let's
let's finally do something fun. Let's track the future, right? Ooh, um, right. That's that's the plan. So going into this game, looking at MVP futures in the NFL, Josh Allen was the favorite at plus 550. Mm. Um, after this game, the line has moved to plus 1100. So obviously Vegas and the rest of the world saw what we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, how, what is your reaction to that, and how do you kind of handicap uh, the MVP futures? Well, I'm not touching Josh Allen. Like, you know, I'm not down on Patrick Mahomes after a loss. Mm. Uh, he didn't have his bat- best game, but you know he's going to have good games, and he had his number one weapon out there. Uh, Josh Allen is another story. You know, we've seen MVP years where I think Aaron Rodgers actually had three interceptions the whole year. Josh Allen has three after week one. So I don't know. I mean, for him to end up with 10, which anything in double digits almost disqualifies you Absolutely. from contention. I don't think that number, even at 11 to 1, you said, is, is a good one. I'd just stay away. And think about how many people saw this game in prime mm-hmm. time. You know, like you said, 9 11, playing in New York, a lot of just general fans watching this game. So if you tell one of them in, you know, nine months or whatever it is, this guy won the MVP, they're like, that guy, that guy's terrible. Right. I watched him have four turnovers in this game. So it's kind of hard to parse through that. And Mahomes right now, he's at plus 600. He's uh, tied for, you know, the favorite with two attack of Valoa. So two is also a plus 600. How do you feel about him after week? One? You know, with him, it's, you know, this is a dumb thing to say because this goes for everyone, but if he makes it to the finish line, his stats are going to be far superior. Right. You know, with right? Waddle. And yeah. And they're be so much better than everybody's if he plays 17 games. So really that's all you're betting. You're betting. I don't know if he sits three games, then, then it gets dicey. But my money is still on Mahomes. I have this thing where I think you bet Mahomes every year at six to one. You bet the Chiefs every year at six to one, and eventually, every two or three years <laughs> for the next ten or twelve years, you're going to get paid. Yeah, and you're going to be happy because right. it all works out because you're betting on Andy Reid, one of the best coaches of all mm-hmm. time, and then Pat Mahomes, who's obviously one of the best quarterbacks of all time. I want to talk about that division too because it did seem like a lot of people. You know, you had your Dolphins contingency, you had your Jets contingency, you had Bill Simmons who believed in the Patriots. <laughs> Right. Um, but now we're, we're kind of at a fork in the road where is it the Dolphins division to win? And, and do you just go ahead and bet on them? I'm, I'm still not. And I hate betting like this, but I just with the new rules in place. And I just know I question to his durability. And mm. don't let John Jastrzemski hear this because I know he's coming on. later. <laughs> he's, so. Yeah, he's going to hear it. He's probably fired up right, <laughs> right. now. He's probably on a Twitter. Spaces. But I'm not excited about the Patriots. I'm not excited about the Josh Allen I just saw. And how can you be? you know, too uh, over the moon about Zach Wilson. So, and what were the odds? What were the odds for the Dolphins? Right, they were three to one to three win to the one division. Going in, yeah. So it's going to get even more. So right now, if you have that number, maybe you go ahead and hammer it home and uh, and yeah. see what happens. So I like that. I like the Dolphins to win that division. Um, you don't want to overreact too much. And uh, speaking of overreactions, let's do some over slash underreactions. So that yeah, was unbelievable. I'm going to give you you know some things that people were saying after Week One and some thoughts okay. of my own about then, me. No, no, oh. about John Jastrzemski. Okay, uh, no, I'm yeah. kidding. Uh, but we're going to do some over underreactions. Actions. First up, number one here, um, Joe Burrow is the most overpaid player in NFL history. Is that an overreaction <laughs> or an underreaction? No, that's an overreaction, okay, right? Uh, people, there, there are guys who have played. Uh, oh, I, I was going to say maybe Daniel paid. Jones is maybe the o- yeah, most overpaid. Yeah, guy not even yet. this year. I would <laughs> yeah. say he's not. No, yeah, okay. let's, I, I, I feel like he's battling an injury a little bit, so. Let's pump the brakes on it. Yeah, a lot of people were uh, really ready to throw dirt on Joe Burrow's grave, not remembering that he did the exact same thing last year. Um, And I think he likes slow starts. Like you said, he has a calf injury. So we give him the benefit of the doubt. So I think that's an underreaction as well. Um, Here's the second one. The Bears are going to stink in all caps, despite Aaron Rodgers no longer playing in the division. Is that an overreaction or an underreaction? 
I think that's an underreaction. Mm. I, you know, I, uh, these teams that won two or three games and are expected to win six and a half, it doesn't always happen. That's a gigantic leap. And people like the Bears to make the playoffs. But the truth is, they had so much work to do. And Justin Fields just doesn't throw the ball enough as a pro quarterback. He's flashy, fun to have on your fantasy team. He's going to run a bunch in. He's going to put up big numbers. But I think that Bears team is, uh, you know, second-class citizen and going to be in fourth place. Yeah, and Chase Claypool was uh, pretty much the brunt of the, uh, you know, the Twitter backlash this week. They were right. blaming him for everything. But in general, DJ Moore needs to get the football, um, mm-hmm. and that's that's what you can do if you're Justin Fields. All right, next up, the Rams will make the playoffs. Overreaction or underreaction? I think that's an overreaction. I know the NFC is weak, but you can make the argument that they have the three best teams right now. Um, but the Rams, I mean, I don't, I, I can't take too much credit for this because mm. I said the Rams were going to have the worst record in the league. Mm. And I, I'll tell you that that's not going to happen because they just play for McVay. They do. These defenses step up and kind of what Tampa Bay did. Same thing. You have some big names on defense and they're going to play hard. And that's what the Rams do without Cooper cup. You know, I do worry about Stafford 35 year old with a spine injury. Um, maybe is not, you know, long for this game or for this season. So, but what I saw, they they just they just play their their butts off for uh, McVay. So not playoffs, but we'll have more wins than I thought. And I do think the Rams have a great roster construction where it's like you have these cogs, right? You have Aaron Donald, you have Matt Stafford, you have Cooper Cup, obviously on IR right now, but. Mm-hmm. Then you have just rookies and young guys all around them, and they're yeah. all hungry. They're all trying to make a name for themselves, and they seem to be playing very hard for Sean McVay. They seem as... to be getting in the way of the Caleb Williams uh, <laughs> dream matchup, the right? L.A. guy coming to L.A. Yeah. And now every other team, like the Cardinals, right? They're just trying. There's like, hey, Kyler, you just sit out this year. Right. We're, we're just getting ready for you. So we'll see what happens with that. All right, next one we have. Daniel Jones is not a starting NFL quarterback. I know literally he mm, is. But he is. He, yeah. uh, look at the depth charts. He is. But yeah. is that an over and under reaction? He's not good enough to be one. No, he is good enough, unfortunately. Mm. Look around the league. Uh, <laughs> did you see those garbage 1 p.m. games? My I mean, gosh. Really, it was like yeah. eight, eight guys who really should have been practice squad. So Daniel Jones is probably at worst like 23rd, 24th in the league. Should the Giants have waited? Should they have tagged him and all that? You know, mm. uh, and then given Barkley more? Maybe. But uh, I. I, I He's a starter. Yeah, I saw a lot of Giants fans very upset about the fact that Daniel Jones got you know $140 million, mm-hmm. and Saquon was basically given like a one-year flyer deal. All right, last one over underreactions. The Sean Payton and Russell Wilson combination will not work out in Denver. Is that an underreaction or an overreaction? I don't know what to think about that because I had higher hopes for Denver. Um, I thought they would be like 9-8. and eight. I thought Sean Payton was – a good number at 12 to one to win coach of the year. He comes out there with the onside kick. It almost worked right. Russ goes down and his first drive goes nine for 10 hits seven receivers. It's everything you want out of Russ. Look great. Yeah. And then they just didn't just nothing, nothing mm-hmm. against these weird Raiders who we're going to talk about later. Um, what was the question? I'm going to say on the, I, I think they still have some <laughs> juice. I think they have a good. I think they're going to be all right. I think a lot of people want to throw dirt on Russell Wilson, and they're ready. You know, when anything goes awry. But I think Sean Payton has it figured out. I think he understands who Russell is, and I think at the same time, uh, Sean Payton's not afraid. Obviously, opens his tenure with the Broncos with an onside kick right. that they recover. Mm-hmm. And weirdly, I just think sometimes when there's good fortune that happens, it leads to good things. So when they recovered that football, I said to myself, okay. I think the Broncos are going to be all right. Obviously, they lost the game. So I'm, I'm with you there. I think it's an underreaction um, or an overreaction, I should say, and I think they're going to be okay. It's um, a reaction. It's that's a reaction. Yeah. Like That's what we're doing. We're doing mm-hmm. lots of reactions. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to look ahead to week two and give some reactions on the lines and try to figure out what's happening on the Riverboat Casino. Ooh, all right. That's exciting. <laughs> 
right, welcome back into Through the Ringer. I am still your host, Tate Frazier. We made it back for, uh, they yeah. They didn't cancel us after the first Well, segment. there were some people that thought that may happen yeah. uh, after Aaron Rodgers went down. Plus so, uh, yeah, oh, it's yeah. good to be, it could be back in the studio. We got a basketball behind us. We I look ready that. to go. Yeah. yeah, Simmons just has to remind <laughs> everyone that this is a basketball network. Yes, Sorry. NBA first. Yeah. I don't care what the calendar says. <laughs> We got to have a Wilson back there. Yeah, it's perfect. Well, it is NFL season, and we got week two coming up. Mm -hmm. We just got week one. We survived, right? It's always an anomaly, week one. It's never really uh, a signpost of what to see in the season. So week two is when the season really starts, and we got some lines mm -hmm. that we want to look ahead at. And What are we uh, calling this, line look ahead or look ahead line? Well, you decide at home what you want, but we for now. We discussed this for about ten minutes, but yeah. what did we land on? I think we went with line look aheads. Let's hope the graphic up. matches. Let's see. Oh, yeah, there we go. We, we got it. Look at us. <laughs> Uh, so let's start with Thursday Night Football. We got the Minnesota Vikings led by Kirk Cousins, the, the lovable Kirk Cousins, going to Philadelphia. Uh, Eagles favor, favored by uh, seven points mm -hmm. in this game. Um, and the Eagles were great last year against the spread at home. Well, how do you feel about this game? And are you excited for Thursday Night Football? I am. I'm always excited for Thursday Night Football. <laughs> um, the Vikings have let me down already. You know, yes, week like, one. I was like, wow, this is easy. I mean, they won 13 games last year. I get it. They were 11-0 in one-score games. But they're still a good squad mm -hmm. in that NFC North, which is crappy. And then what do they do? They go and lay an egg against Tampa Bay, who's supposed to be one of the three or four worst teams in the league. So now I don't a know. A team that's tanking, do. apparently, for yes. Caleb Williams or Drake May, or so people thought, and then right. they won in week one. And the Vikings, to Kirk Cousins' surprise, are tanking for Caleb Williams, too, it turns <laughs> out. So he's not going to have a job, which sucks. But um, no, so so now they're 0-1 in one-score games. And I thought initially, when I did the guess the lines with Simmons, that this would be closer to 5.5. And, a half. and mm. it's all the way up to 7, as you see. I have so much, so much backing the Vikings. I hate to put it even more on there, but I feel like if it gets to seven and a half, you're catching the Eagles on a short week. Obviously, Minnesota has a short week too, but that was a physical game the Eagles played against the Patriots where they didn't give up. You know, they ran it down their throat, and that was a one score game. And I feel like the Eagles are going to be banged up just a little bit more. So if you can get that to seven and a half, there's a little bit of an edge for a hungry Vikings team that doesn't want to go 0-2. And it does feel like, you know, with the talent, uh, you know, at the receiver position with Minnesota, yeah. I mean, Justin Jefferson, I still think he's the best receiver in football. I like a bounce-back game. And whenever it feels like we count out Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, that's when they tend to show up. And right. the Eagles had some things to clean up even after the game. Jalen Hurts said we only care about being 1-0, as he typically does. That's what he says, mm -hmm. the company lines. But Philadelphia, they're, they're still figuring things out. So I like that. Maybe Minnesota could be a move depending on if the line moves. Let's move on. Let's go to the Cincinnati game going up against Baltimore. We all know Joe Burrow was terrible in week one. I still think the calf injury is at play here. Um, but Baltimore is favored in this game. It's at Baltimore by three and a half. How do you feel about the Ravens in this one? Yeah, I thought it was a little bit hefty when we went over the line Sunday night. I, I would have put this at three. Fandle has it at three and a half. I guess they're, I don't know, the, you know, the Bengals dropped their first two last year and still were a play away from making it to the Super Bowl. So, mm. You know, you can't say, well, this is a must win for them. You know, on the other hand, the Ravens a little banged up. We saw Dobbins. He's not coming back. That guy, poor guy, can't stay healthy. And Lamar Jackson had a QBR of 13.6, which is atrocious, right? On the other side, mm -hmm. you talked about Burrow. It wasn't much better. They actually took him out of the game. But I feel like if you're getting the extra half a point, um, you know, I, I don't the, – the thing that worries me about the Ravens, and you're going to see a couple of these uh, a year where Tucker decides it. So he's almost worth the half a point in itself, but I can't in good conscience take the Ravens laying this many points. I didn't see – I don't feel like we saw enough last week against 
that Texans team, I think anybody could have beat last week. I think the big lesson from both those quarterbacks is as soon as they get paid, they just they don't want to play anymore. I'm just kidding, obviously. Oh, is that true? But, yeah, oh, wow. but Lamar Jackson <laughs> and Joe Burrow, they right. both get the contracts they've been desiring. Obviously, Joe Burrow, the highest paid player in football, yeah. and then he struggles in uh, week one. But he also came out and said it's week one. doesn't dictate the season. As I said, it's always an anomaly. Lamar Jackson just said it was atrocious. He was just trying to figure it all out. Yeah. But he was happy that they won, had a couple fumbles, just looked out of sorts at times and they're still trying to figure out what their offense looks like i'm but glad he was happy that they won a lot of times you'll see these quarterbacks <laughs> and they're throwing mad. stuff in the locker room right. it's like all right calm down well the, the line moved a half point in the Bengals' favor after week one which kind of right. feels like it feels like cincinnati is getting a little bit of love from vegas and in general you have to think they bounce back at some level in this game and espn has them as a 51.4 percent chance to beat the ravens so is that um, what it is yeah that's a, that's a great number right if you need that i number. don't I don't to know be what that with means. You, so. I uh, unbundled and I, I don't even recognize ESPN. But if you say they're still around, mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you can't watch it. Actually, right. maybe they made a deal. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see what happens. So they, that'll be a fun game. Good divisional game. Yeah. Um, Cincinnati against the Browns. That is just a, a weird phenomenon that's happening. So I think they'll look better in week two. And like I said, Joe Burrow, hopefully he'll be healthier in week two. Let's go to the, the only thing real quick. Yeah, the please. only thing I didn't. Um, you know, when I look at the must-wins, I'm like, oh, boy, do they really need this game? The next three for Cincinnati are Rams, Titans, and Cardinals. So mm. if they're 3-2 and two after 5, it's not the end of the world. It's really not the end of the world anyway. This is football. Yeah, it's going to be all right. And, again, we're a basketball oh, company. Well, this is so basketball. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> don't yeah, worry yeah, about yeah, it. We'll, we'll talk about the Boston Celtics a little okay, bit later. Good. But first, let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl champs. They are going to go to Jacksonville, 1 o'clock, playing in Duval County. Uh, a hurricane is kind of hovering down there, so weather will be involved in this game. It seems a little bit wacky, um, but right now we got Jacksonville. Um, I'm sorry, the Chiefs are favored by three points in this game, but again, they're playing on the road to Jacksonville. How do you feel about uh, the Jaguars and what you saw in week one? I guess this line exactly. I said it was three. It's kind of perfect. They're going to let the betters dictate which way this flows. If it goes to three and a half, all the sharps are going to eat up mm. that extra half a point. So who's hungrier right now, really? I mean, out of us. We had the chicken cafe, which is okay, but I didn't. It's pretty good. I yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, it didn't hit the spot. Like I got a salad. You it's know fine. What I mean? Oh, you didn't get. Yeah, but I didn't get a side. I normally would have gotten a mashed potatoes, but Simmons is paying. And I know he gets. He gets a little weepy when he gets so. Four fifty anyway. for mashed potatoes. <laughs> so anyway, we're the ones who are hungrier. But out of these two teams, you know, it's weird because you could say the Jags are hungrier because they lost a, a very easy game to win like a winnable game against the Chiefs in Arrowhead January Mahomes Mm -hmm. was barely moving and he beat that team so you could say there's some revenge factor there but Kansas City obviously does not want to go 0-2 we're going to hear all week all week about Andy Reid on rest and things like that plus Chris Jones plus Travis Kelsey hungry Chiefs team I like it if it stays at three I'm taking the Chiefs if it's three and a half I might go away from it a little bit. So, And it's also hard to know what to make of the Jags after playing the Colts and Anthony Richardson getting his feet wet and everything else. But yeah, they're, they're a hard team to read, but I do think the Jaguars, uh, it feel, felt like that game, what you're talking about, that Chiefs game, the narrative kind of spun on you know Peterson and even Trevor Lawrence, right? A lot of people started to buy into the hype. But I wanted to ask you about a guy who I think we both like, just we're on FanDuel TV, mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley. What a redemption for this guy. I mean, yeah. he obviously had to step away for the game, but he comes back and looks great great in week one. So he's another star to keep an eye on. I, I mean, obviously, I like him. He, he, he <laughs> seems like my kind of guy. Yeah. 11-1 to one to <laughs> score the first touchdown that game. I don't know what kind of odds he got, but, uh, yeah, good for him. And the, the, That's a good young team. They're going to obviously compete for that division. I had Tennessee uh, <laughs> to win it, so uh, they have a lot of quarterback 
difficulty. So I'm what is the that. conversation like if they do end up zero and two? If the Chiefs go down there, the you know Jaguars have a great game. They mm-hmm. win at home. I mean, what is the fallout and and how crazy would the lines be when that happens? Right. I mean, they're obviously the favorites to win the Super Bowl, but if they go zero and two, do you think it's going to be an overreaction from everyone, or it will be you know kind of standard subpar? And we already know they're going to be a good team. Well, the thing I guess it depends on what kind of game it is, right? Like I thought their defense was pretty good without Chris Jones even last week because you know they what? How did the Lions score? They did that the uh, fake punt, right? And they mm-hmm. went down the field, and then they had the pick six. So they were really their offense was only responsible for seven, ten points right in there. So if the defense gives way or, you know, if that offense isn't clicking even without Kelsey, then I think that line will move. But as it is now, it moved to plus 650 for the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, and I believe they're behind the Bills now. Yeah, which is wild. All right, uh, last two games. Let's get to it. Uh, again, line look-aheads. This is what we're doing here. You know what I mean? Look-ahead line? Yeah. Well, a line look ahead. Yeah, we got it. We got it figured out. All right, the last two here. We got Raiders at Bills. Um, this was 9.5 going into Monday Night Football, mm-hmm. but obviously we saw the drama that played. We talked about that at the top of the show. Raiders now going to Buffalo. 9.5, does it move any which way? And if so, like, what do you see in this game in general? Yeah, I think you're going to have to see this lower, about 7 or 7.5 half because Josh Allen all of a sudden is a turnover machine you know and you got Max Crosby you got all these guys on the outside like forcing forcing the issue and it's going to be tough for the Bills to score again I think except for the fact that we're dealing with the Raiders and you can never count on the Raiders, especially back-to-back weeks. And maybe that was their moment in the sun to occupy first place alone in the AFC West. And now they go away. Talk about a stay away. I hate this game. Yeah, I don't like it at all. And I do think that, you know, if you're the Raiders, like you said, you can celebrate the fact that at one point this year you led the division. And it might have just been at that one point, but we'll see about that. The Bills, maybe they have a bounce-back game. Obviously a lot of emotions in week one. So we'll see what happens there. Last game, of course, we're going to talk about the New York Jets. Dallas Cowboys talk about moment in the sun. Uh, Robert Salah ran down to celebrate. We talked about that at the top of the show, but I mean, the, the, the Jets are fired up right now. They're excited, but we suspect Zach Wilson will probably be starting in this game. Line was three and a half. Yeah. Um, what do you see for the Jets? Can they make magic happen again in week two? I have to figure out. You have to think like Rodgers is worth five and a half to the spread, I think. Five or five and point. a half. This will probably settle around eight and a half, nine, if not more. The Jets could be drunk with this game a short week <laughs> going to Dallas, right? It's tough, and they're not going to have that crowd behind them like they did tonight. Mm. That was a major, major factor. Um, that defense could hang with anyone, though. Um, boy, I mean, are we looking at like a 6-3 game here? What what could this be with both these defenses flying around like they do? I don't know, but just uh, protect Zach Wilson at all costs because yeah. I think he's going to have a tough time in week two. But uh, like you, like we saw tonight, maybe things can happen. The run game looked great, but that offensive line did not look great, as our friend Harry pointed out multiple times in a group text. He's so, your uh, friend. He's not really my friend. <laughs> well, there you have it. Now it's time for us to do something that we love to do. That's call the captain and get on the riverboat because uh, we got some props here. The the riverboat casino that we all love here. Yeah. Cousin Sal, you, you know how this goes. Um, this is the question of the week. What is currently the most lopsided rivalry in history? So we got some odds for you. We got the Globetrotters and the Washington Generals, <laughs> ma- minus 700. We got the Cowboys and the Giants, as we saw, 4-0 to zero week one. My goodness. We got Packers, Bears. Shout out to all the Bears fans out there. I don't know how they're dealing with this, but it's it's not good. Not looking good for the Bears. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker versus Kim Cottrell. That's 15-1. to one. Mm. And then we got the Field at plus 150. Cousin Sal, I lead it to you. What do you think about that? You know, I love big favorites, and <laughs> so I kind of want to lean on the Globetrotters generals because if you look at winning percentage, it's astounding throughout the last It's incredible. Uh, uh, <laughs> Never seen the dominance like this. How about yeah. the people who go to the game? Once in a while, they do <laughs> let the generals win. Imagine going to a game, paying for a ticket from out of town or whatever, and going and seeing the generals win. Like, what the? 
stuff just happened here? I really, right. I, I saw like. And c- can I go watch yeah. the Generals another time? No, they no, don't have any shows. No, right? that's it. They have one, <laughs> one opponent. Yeah, if that team's sick, they're in trouble. They have no, nothing to do. Cowboys Giants. Like as a Cowboys fan, I'm not even. I, I can't get excited about that game anymore. Mm. It's such a rollover, right? And uh, as you said, those Bears fans, my God, they must have thought Rodgers owned them all these years. And then, like, even bad Rodgers couldn't beat could, – they couldn't beat them. And now, with you know, they figure they could start a new – no, not the case. They get thrashed. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, Kim Cattrall. I think those kids are going to work it out. I think so, right? Yeah. I think Kim Cattrall, she's on the new show. That's what I heard. L- right. late, you know, that's the latest in pop culture, so I think they buried the hatchet. So I think uh, I think we figured it out yeah. there. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Bears fans are the ones that are dealing with the worst right now. I mean, this has just been a tough time for them. But you're going to go with the Globetrotters. I'll the go with the Globetrotters. You know I like the p- minus 700. I'll probably parlay it with the uh, Bills money line. I like that. That's a good pick. Uh, I'm going to go with the field because uh, we are here at the Ringer. Like I said, we got a basketball. I'm sure somewhere else we have a succession sign. So oh. I'm going to go with Logan Roy versus the, the Roy kids. Oh, yeah. I think that was the most lopsided rivalry I've ever seen in my entire yeah. life. Every time you thought the kids had a chance, Logan Roy, even when he was you know in his grave, he was ruining yeah. their lives and taking it away that's from true. him. That's so. true. I was going to say, he did end up dead, so maybe that's not winning, but you're right. He's, uh, he's Sometimes la- he, he you get out of the away. game, yeah, right when you want. Um, that's and, true. Uh, there you did. Plus 150, I'll take that. Um, so there you go. We've, we're back on the riverboat. It feels good. Cousin mm-hmm. Sal, thanks so much for coming to the show. And be sure to check out uh, Cousin Sal's winning weekend, which is going to be on Fridays leading into the weekend. We'll also have Through the Ringer right after that, so we'll talk about everything that's happening in the world of the NFL and beyond. And also, on Sundays, we have Ringer Wise Guys. Wow. That's a great group of guys. I mean, th- those are those I'll are take my your people. word for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's been no, fun. They, they seem to, I'm lukewarm on them so far. <laughs> yeah, you no. figured it out, but <laughs> it's uh, it's been a, a lot, lot of fun. fun. So go check out both those shows. Cousin Sal, thanks so much for being on Through the Ringer. And in case you missed it, we're going to be here uh, every Monday night, and it'll be coming out on Tuesdays throughout the season. So it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, thanks I'll again, Sal. <laughs> I love hanging with you, pal. It's, it's gonna great. Be Joining us for, I believe this is the third time on Through the Ringer, but he is a regular guest at this point. You've seen him on FanDuel TV. You've seen him on any TV if you live in New York City. He is the great John Jastrzemski. JJ, how's it going, man? Well, Tate, I appreciate that kind introduction, number one. I I (laughs) wish I was joining you on better New York terms. You know, we've been hyping up this football season till the cows come home, and I can't believe what I witnessed. Week one. Monday Night Football at the Meadowlands, and I can understand how the Jets killed Carl. I I, I understand, Tate. I figured it out. I uh, I cannot believe it, and like you said, I mean, we, let's just get into it because uh, the New York Jets. We saw hard knocks, we saw all the headlines, we saw all the hoopla. It was all about one man, Aaron Rodgers, right? It was the excitement of a lifetime. We compared him to Broadway Joe, and we talked about can we have this magic comeback? Even before the game tonight, John McEnroe, obviously, uh, you know, a very well known Jets fans interviewing Aaron Rodgers, talking about can we please just make the playoffs? We haven't been in twelve years and four plays into the game he goes down uh what was your reaction in the moment because it just felt like it took the air out of the building but we'll talk about the other side of that because it really didn't in the end you know I'm watching the play unfold Aaron Rodgers gets sacked and honestly it looked like a pretty normal routine football play but as I'm watching it Tate me and my now wife we were sitting there and we could see the look on Aaron Rodgers face 
you could see this look of, I can't oh, believe sh- this just happened. Exactly. Yep. That's basically the look you got from Aaron Rodgers. This, I can't believe this is happening to me. And it kind of sums up in many ways the 50-plus years of frustration that Jet fans have felt since Joe Willie Namath held up the Lombardi Trophy after the greatest upset in Super Bowl history. The Jets have had things like this happen to them again and again and again. And it kind of brings me back to my childhood. 1999, the Jets are coming off an AFC Championship game appearance. They lose to the Denver Broncos with John Elway and Terrell Davis, and they were loaded. I mean, they were probably one of the three favorites to win a Super Bowl. Bill Parcells was their coach, and Vinny Testaverde, the quarterback, pops his Achilles week one against the New England Patriots. You didn't even get a quarter tape of Aaron Mm. Rodgers. A quarter. You get one measly series. And the four-time MVP and the future Hall of Famer is done for the 2023 season, more than likely. You can't, dude, you can't make it up. And I feel for, in all seriousness, even as someone who roots for the Miami Dolphins, as someone that does New York, New York, as someone that's on television in New York, like, I wanted this to be a lot of fun. I was really excited to break down these games. The Jets were one of the most intriguing storylines in all of football. And to have that zapped away a series into the season, Gut punch doesn't begin to describe it. It's cruel and unusual, really. And uh, it did feel like Aaron Rodgers had endeared himself to the city of New York. It felt like people were excited. You got celebrities at the game. You got Edie Falco, shout out to the Sopranos, right? I mean, it was all New York everything. And not to mention, we're playing on 9-11, right? So uh, there, there's such, you know, uh, an air about the, you know, where we are in this moment in time. So it was just a very, you know, just sad moment for everyone in New York City. And you would think game over, right? I mean, when Aaron Rodgers went down, we're all looking around and we're saying, look, I like Zach Wilson's storyline on Hard Knocks. I mean, I, I hope he can, you know, develop at some level. But he's not Aaron Rodgers, right? The Bills should cruise to victory. And in the words of Lee Corso, not so fast, right? I mean, then we end up seeing this Jets defense play at another level. And Josh Allen ends up having three picks and a fumble, four turnovers himself. So on the flip side, I mean, the Jets, Aaron Rodgers, that was you know, a terrible thing to see. But then the Jets make a miracle happen on Monday Night Football to open the season. You should be celebrating, but unfortunately, there's kind of this cloud hanging over the whole thing. Well, that's the shame of it. The Jets, Tate, had so many things for them go right in this week one opener. Brees Hall, who tore his ACL in October in Denver last year. Dude, he looked like he hadn't missed a beat. You know, I came yeah. on with you He looked faster than ago. ever, I think. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, oh, they got to ease him back. I don't know what his role is going to be out of the gate. I mean, every time he touched the ball, I felt like he could score a touchdown, for goodness sakes. Garrett Wilson <laughs> basically plays defense and scores one of the more incredible touchdowns you're ever going to see to tie a game. Literally, he was playing defense. That's how bad the throw was from Zach Wilson, but he catches it for a touchdown. And then you mentioned the Jet defense doing something they didn't do over the final seven to eight weeks of last year. They forced a ton of turnovers. You had Whitehead get three interceptions. You have Josh Allen turn it over like there's no tomorrow. Like, this should be a game that's celebrated. Then you have a punt return. On top Mm. of it, you have a punt return in overtime after a doink. Field goal goes in where it's like, all right, Jets are going to lose this game. Yeah, right. It's going to find a way to win this game. Very Jets moment, right. Yeah, it just felt like, okay, well, there it is. That was fun for the moment, but now it's over. And they win a game. So, like, it's typical Jets. You have all (laughs) these great things you should feel good about. You're 1-0 to start the year. You beat the team that's won the division each of the last three years. And yet, you go to bed on Monday night 
and you're like, damn, there's a good chance my championship aspirations that I might have had 24 hours ago, they were over. And that's a terrible mm. feeling. It's a terrible sinking feeling, and it does lead to, unfortunately, the next question, which is obviously people like to speculate what's going to come. You watch that defense, JJ, and you say to yourself, that is a championship-level defense. Quinton Williams looks incredible, and he's obviously a very likable guy too, but, I mean, he's playing some great football right now. So you say, okay, you have the defense. Salah, I mean, he was fired up after this return. I mean, he looks like he's kind of locked in on the season. If you do not have Aaron Rodgers, do you just ride it out with Zach Wilson? Do you say, okay, Zach, we know we drafted you high. We know that we took the keys away and we brought in this guy from the outside. Now you have them thrown back into your face. Do you say, Zach Wilson, let's let's run it out and see what happens with you? Or do you say, let's bring in a Carson Wentz or let's bring in a Joe Flacco? Like, how, what, what is the next move for the New York Jets if they want to stay a contender? All right, so let me make this clear. I don't think Zach Wilson in this loaded AFC – is getting you deep into the month of January. But when you consider what's out there, you just hit on a few names. Joe Flacco is a corpse, all intents and purposes. The guy cannot move around. Matt Ryan, who recently retired and is now doing games for CBS. You know, I saw on Twitter earlier today, oh, the Jets should call Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan stung for the Colts last year. Matt Ryan had a better offensive line last year in Indy than the one he's going to have with the New York Jets. Uh, That's not going to work. Carson Wentz, okay, you want to bring in Carson Wentz, he can move around a little bit. He's got the sort of modern-day NFL body prototype. Sure, all well and good. He's not any good anyway. So I guess out of those options, Carson Wentz is probably the one that makes the most sense. But, Tate, to answer your question, even as someone who is not a Zach Wilson believer, you got to let him be the quarterback for the remainder of this year. He was the second overall pick a few years ago. You kept them as your backup. I mean, the Jets could have moved on. Let's be real about this. Mm. They they go and make the trade for Aaron Rodgers. They could have gotten a different backup if they wanted to. They decided Zach Wilson was going to be their backup. At this point, what I would do is I'd play him the remainder of the year, see what he can do, and then you know for sure, you know, that narrative. And I heard some of it here in New York. Some of it was floated out there in Hard Knocks. Oh, you know, maybe down the road after Aaron Rodgers hangs it up, Zach Wilson could take the job back over. Well, I think we can put that narrative to bed if Zach Wilson stinks <laughs> up the joint this year. He's got a running game. He's got weapons. He's got one of the better defenses in the league. I am giving him 2023 as a make or break barometer type year for his career. That's what I would and- I like that. And maybe that keeps Aaron Rodgers, even if he isn't injured, he is engaged, right? Because you could tell that he had, um, you know, almost like an older brother type relationship with Zach Wilson. Felt like he was trying to impart some wisdom on him. So I think there's something there. Is there another name um, that could be a backup? I saw some people talking about Cooper Rush, right? I mean, Cooper Rush looked great last year for the Cowboys, stepping in for Dak Prescott. Um, You got, you know, (laughs) Sam Darnold maybe is a name out there that some people, you know, liked what they saw out of San Francisco. Is there any any of those backup guys that they, they take a flyer on? Well, I know our boss loves Gardner Minshew, and that's right. going to be the name I throw out there, but we got to see what's going on with Anthony Richardson, who got beat up in their game against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday, so you got to take that into account. Um, look, I don't think San Francisco, if the Brock Purdy had rotator cuff surgery, eh, that they're going to go and trade away another quarterback. I, I just mm. can't see that. They're a team that thinks they're as good as anybody in football, So I would guess that Sam Donald's sticking around in San Francisco. Uh, I've heard Jameis Winston 
Yeah, maybe, 80 starts, I mean, number one pick in 2015. Maybe he's the guy, yeah. You know, I always was one of these guys, Tate, that wanted to believe that Jameis Winston could have a successful NFL career, but, I mean, we're nine years into it, and it hasn't happened. So, basically, all of these names, they're not going to excite you. And here's the, the harsh reality of it. There's not a name out there that all of a sudden is going to come to the New York Jets and put them back into that category they were in with Aaron Rodgers. The category they were in with Aaron Rodgers is if Aaron Rodgers is right and the offensive line is right, that we believe we can contend to go and win the AFC and maybe win the Super Bowl. There's not a quarterback out there. We could throw 10 zillion different names, Tate, until you and I are blown in the face. Who's the quarterback that could take this Jet team and take them to the Super Bowl? I don't have an answer to you. I don't have yeah, I don't think anyone has the answer. Um, and Aaron Rodgers was probably the only answer that you could give that would make that the case. Um, what is kind of the fallout just from the Aaron Rodgers side, you know, in the in the city of New York? Because he, like I said, he had kind of endeared himself at some level. And now this tragic thing happens. Do you think they embrace Aaron Rodgers and maybe we can get him healed and ready for potentially next season if if the reports are true? Like what what does New York City do with Aaron Rodgers right now? And how does that relationship work out? No, I think the city's devastated. The Jet fans, for sure, they're devastated. They wanted him to be the quarterback. So my sense, Tate, if he wants to play football, they'd welcome him back with open arms. I think that's that's an easy conversation. And look, Aaron Rodgers is going to be on the north side of 40 when he comes back from this injury. I do think he is a very competitive guy. I don't think this is how he wants his career to end. The idea of him getting carried off the field in week one, not playing uh, a full game for the New York Jets. Like, I think he's going to want to play football, but that's the risk you run when you're talking about Achilles injury and a quarterback who's not a spring chicken. Uh, your guess is as good as mine to how he's going to recover, what he's going to look like, and what 2024 will be for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the fact that we're having this conversation, Tate, is so depressing and is so jarring to me. Like, I, I did a podcast right after the game for New York, New York, uh, on the ringer, of course. Uh, and I kept like mumbling that and mentioning that to, you know, to everybody who's willing to listen, because you know what it is? We in New York since January, when Aaron Rodgers played his last game with the Packers, this like fantasy fantasy land of is Aaron Rodgers going to be a jet. It was out there for two months. Then it actually happens that we hear about it all summer and for it to end in week one in series one eerie dude. Let's talk about the other team in New York, because that is also um, some not so good stuff. A historic beatdown by the Cowboys on Sunday, 40 to zero, in case you missed it. Um, after the game, Saquon Barkley said that the, tra the train keeps rolling. Um, they're going to, you know, just keep moving forward. It'll be fine. They'll get things figured out. They tried to work him more as a receiver. Pr pretty much the turning point in this game is him getting a pass that turns into an interception and the rest is history. So your thoughts just on the Giants, what we saw in week one, and do you think there is a road in which that was an anomaly and not the reality for this team? All right, it's one game. So mm -hmm. the good news for the Giants is they got a bunch more to figure out <laughs> what transpired right. against the Dallas Cowboys. But I think the biggest problem for them, Tate, after what we saw just in one game in one week is – 
the narrative that's been out there that this year they had closed the gap with the Dallas Cowboys, that this year they had closed the gap with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, the Giants were a playoff team. They overachieved last year. Brian Dable did a fantastic job. They beat a very fraudulent and a very overrated Minnesota Viking team. We saw that wildcard weekend, but then they played the Eagles and let's be real. They didn't look like they belonged on the same field as the Philadelphia Eagles. So all summer it's been, all right, Cowboys week one, we're going to show Dallas why it's different because they've had no success against the Cowboys. They've had no success against the Eagles. And after that block field goal, that game was over from jump street. That is Mm. as big a whooping as I've ever seen to start off an NFL season. I mean, the Giants didn't do anything right. They couldn't block. Daniel Jones was brutal. Um, The Giant defense quit in the second half. I thought Brian Dable's game plan stunk. I I don't understand for the life of me why Daniel Jones is out there taking hits when it's 40 to nothing in the fourth quarter. I mean, what is the point? What are we doing here? Um, It's one game. So Mm. I do think the Giants have time to right the ship and figure it out. They have the perfect opponent coming up in week two in the lowly Arizona Cardinals. But I'll tell you this. Tate, if the Giants can't go to Arizona and beat the Cardinals, then you could sound the alarm times a thousand. (laughs) Like, I almost, as crazy as it is to say, and I know I like to get a little crazy and I like to get a little nuts, and that's a part of my uh, MO and my character, and that's fine. I, I totally get that. But it's real talk. It always is real talk with me. If the Giants lose this game to the Cardinals, I think they're cooked. I really do. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this is the sort of game, after losing 40 to nothing to Dallas, if you can't beat Arizona on the road, then there's nothing to talk about as far as I'm concerned with Big Blue. With the games they have coming up on a schedule, you cannot lose this game to Arizona. John Jaskrimski, thanks so much for coming to the show. Appreciate you joining, and uh, good luck out there. I know you're going to have a lot of uh, Aaron Rodgers co- coverage ahead, so I hope you can uh, hang on and uh, and make good things happen. Thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Tate, any time for you. I hope I still have a relevant football season in town. <laughs> uh, say a prayer for that one. Thanks, buddy. Fingers crossed. I'll knock on wood. We'll see you soon. There you have it. Uh, thanks to John Jastrzemski. Thanks to Cousin Sal. And uh, in case you are just trying to pick up what's happening here, myself and Cousin Sal will be coming into the studio on Monday nights after Monday Night Football, and we will be doing Through the Ringer recording it, and then it will be on your television screen on Tuesday morning all the way throughout the NFL season. So we got a little rhythm that's going to happen here. Very excited to have Cousin Sal back. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's also nice when you have a guest like John who's always willing to come on, even if it's 1 a.m. in New York, and I ask him about all the bad things that are happening in New York sports. So, again, thanks to both those guys for coming on the show. I'm fired up about having Cousin Sal back in the fold. And also, uh, if you're keeping up with the FanDuel TV schedule on Fridays, we will be back here on Through the Ringer, and that will be right before Cousin Sal's winning weekend. Definitely check out that show. Also, Wise Guys on Sundays. A lot of good programming here uh, on FanDuel TV with the Ringer, so we're very excited about that. Excited to have Cousin Sal um, back in the fold. And also, looking forward to having everybody on this journey with us. Through the Ringer, we will be back on Friday. I'll see you then.